Querite primum regnum dei et justitia meius, et egonia adicien probobis. First seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Over the past few months in the community, we've come to be familiar with the novena of surrender to the will of God, or novena of trustful surrender to divine providence, which was composed by the saintly Italian priest Don Dolindo Rotolo in the last century. And some have commented that it's a bit challenging to begin praying this novena. Some of it seems unrealistic. Some of it seems far-fetched. Pollyanna-ish, if you will. It says things like, Why do you confuse yourselves by worrying? Leave the care of your affairs to me, and everything will be peaceful. I say to you in truth that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves all difficult situations. Those of us who like to think of ourselves as realistic and reasonable people might read a statement like that and say, how am I supposed to put this into practice? Am I being asked to be irresponsible? Am I being asked to neglect my business? And yet, even if the words of this novena might seem to us to be unreasonable or absurd, they are more than vindicated by the Word of God giving a, given to us in today's Holy Mass. Today is truly the Sunday of divine providence. I would even go so far as to say that every section of the novena that I just mentioned finds its confirmation in one of the texts of today's Mass. I won't go through it in detail, but I leave it to you later to look and see the ways in which all of the challenging things that are said to us in this novena are confirmed by what the scriptures and the prayers of the Church tell us today. Because what the Mass of today presents us with is a stark contrast between two different ways of seeing and judging and living. The contrast between the two masters. The contrast between walking by the flesh and walking by the spirit. What is this walking by the flesh that St. Paul speaks of? By the flesh, he doesn't mean the body. The body is created by God in his image, and it is, after all, through the body and blood of our Lord that we are redeemed and that our souls are nourished and united with God. But by the flesh, he means nature under the bondage of sin, nature that has fallen and brought under the dominion of the devil, nature deprived of the help of grace. Because without the help of grace, nature, the flesh, does inevitably drag us down. Human nature without grace, human nature without faith, hope, and charity, degenerates into everything that St. Paul describes in Galatians chapter 5. Fornication, uncleanness, immodesty, luxury, idolatry, witchcrafts, enmities, contention, emulations, wraths, quarrels, dissensions, sex, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. This is what our nature tends towards without the grace of God. This is the flesh. This is what it is to serve mammon. And one of the characteristics of the servants of mammon, of those who live by the flesh, is constant anxiety over this world's concerns. One who lives by the flesh will never be at peace. 
It's obvious enough why this should be so. If we're living by the flesh, if we're living on the, no the level of nature without relying on grace, then we are bound to be anxious, because as the Collect says, sine te labitur humana mortalitas. Without thee, the mortality of man slips and falls. If we live by the flesh, we cannot help being anxious and being consumed with worry about the cares of this life. But in contrast to the life of the flesh, the servitude of mammon, the Mass of today presents to us a new way of living, a new way of thinking. Meliores dies una in atris tui supermilia. Better is one day in thy courts above thousands. One day lived in the Spirit, lived animated by the grace of God, brings us more joy, more peace, more lasting fruit than a thousand days lived according to the flesh. We might reflect, those of us who have been in the monastery for a little while, it's literally true, perhaps, one day in thy courts is better than thousands. In one day in the monastery, you might practice more acts of charity, more acts of love for God and for your neighbor than perhaps you did in years of your life in the world, depending on how you were living in the world. But for many of us, that's probably the case. We can probably think of times in our life when we would have gone a thousand days without doing anything that is as worth doing as what we do in one day here in God's courts. This is true not only for those of us who live in God's court here in the monastery, but for every Christian who is called to live in the presence of God. Living in the presence of God for one day is worth more than a thousand days spent doing our own will, spent seeking the things of this world, spent living according to the flesh. And to all who have worn themselves out with worldly anxiety, to all who are consumed with worry and are weighed down by the life of the flesh, the Lord invites us in today's Mass to find rest in His courts. Bonum est confidere in Domino, we heard in the gradual. It is good to put one's trust in the Lord rather than to put one's trust in men. It is good to hope in the Lord rather than to hope in princes. To all who have been disappointed and had their hopes dashed time and again, living according to the flesh and trusting in the powers of this world, our Lord offers to us the infinitely more effective help of God. And in response to this, we can truly sing as we did in the Alleluia, Exultemus Domino, Jubilemus Deo Salutari Nostro. Let us exult to the Lord. Let us jubilate to God our salvation. Because for all who have been sad through living according to the flesh, true joy, true exultation is offered to us in God our Savior. We heard our Lord in the Gospel challenging those who live according to the flesh, who think according to the flesh, who are consumed by the cares of this world, not to worry, because their Father knows that you have need of all of these things. In the last sentence of the Gospel, he unlocks to us the secret of laying aside the anxieties and the cares of living according to the flesh. Seek first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so we respond by singing in the offertory, Imitat Angelus Domini in Circuitu Timensium. The angel of the Lord shall encamp round about them that fear him, and shall deliver them. To all who, living according to the flesh, have been prey to fear and desperation and despondency and 
the dread of living abandoned by those whom they love, abandoned by all who might help them, they are promised an angel of peace, an angel of protection, if they fear the Lord. And to all who have said, quid manu kabimus, quid bibemus, what shall we eat, what shall we drink? We hear at the end of the operatory verse, gustate videte ponim suavis estomius, taste and see that the Lord is sweet. This is not an empty promise, because within a few moments the Lord himself will descend in the power of the Holy Ghost to give us himself as our food. And as we approach to receive him, we'll hear, Primum querite renum Dei, seek first the kingdom of God. And what is this kingdom? The kingdom of God, our Lord says, is within you. The kingdom of God is the very life of the Blessed Trinity, which is offered to us in the Most Holy Eucharist. To approach the Most Blessed Sacrament in Holy Communion, to approach throughout the day in adoration, is to seek first the kingdom of God, because the Most Blessed Sacrament is the kingdom of God already present here below. We will literally be fulfilling what we sing in the Communion Antiphon as we come to receive our Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God. Et omnia adicientur vobis, that all these things shall be added to you. Because if God does not withhold his own Son from us, then how can he fail to grant us all the other things that we need? And so after having received our Lord, having received the kingdom of God into us, we can confidently go forth to all the other areas of our life, to seek there, too, the kingdom of God which is within. The kingdom of God, which, as St. Paul says, is charity, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Seeking first the kingdom of God means putting nothing before the work of God. Every time we respond to the signal for the divine office, we are seeking first the kingdom of God. To seek first the kingdom of God means always and everywhere to put nothing before the love of Christ. Because better than all of the thousand other things that one might think or that we might do is one day, one moment, spent in his courts, spent in union with him through charity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.